Paul, we're back after a crazy couple of hours. Dare I ask, how was your Sky Weekend? <laughs> yeah, it was going. It was going okay until um, until about half an hour ago. Um, yeah, yeah, not best. Don't own Salah, obviously. 21, 21 pointer. <sighs> Seen some people. There was, a, there was an open team that overtook me that had Salah captain as well. Wow. But um, I think over the course of the last month or six weeks, I've been riding my luck quite uh, significantly. So just need to look back on retrospect um, from there, and then when they think up a new plan, don't don't act rash. Remember, there was a question. Um, when pods of the week and I can't remember someone had done something that made them then want to do rage transfers on the back of it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel in that. I, I don't, I don't feel in that position. But I guess this is how uh, my answer was: take stock, reset, Absolutely. and then start again. And I think, like, and, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I think the one thing which has maybe come out of this, which you know, we, I think we're probably both having an R in anyway is structurally we probably need to think about how we can get to three premiums just to de-risk sometimes like i did that in the first half of the season and i know that was one of the main reasons why i had a very successful first half and didn't use many transfers was because i wasn't constantly hopping about and the only way for me to get to um salah last week which was the time when lots of people brought him in and stuff was to take out kane and i just wasn't going to do that because kane's got forest next week Obviously, in hindsight, you can say you know it's easy and and you know and 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 da da da. But I suppose that's the the takeaway from me is to really think about how you can just get the, those premiums in and probably just leave them in because, um, you know, Salah's fixtures after Bournemouth now they go on a, a toughish run, um, and then their fixtures are absolutely spanging to the end of the season. So you've got to assume he's going to be really really popular. You're always going to want Haaland because he's Haaland. And Kane, as we know, is you know he's having a he's having a super season in general, and and you know he's he's going to be good. So yeah, I think that's that's the takeaway I've got from it. Um, but other than that, it's just what but it if is. you had all those, but if you had all those premiums for the last month or so, you wouldn't have had all the Arsenal players and that's have done fair. well out all the gains and the points there as well. So yep, I'm uh, you got you got to look at it like that. Like you would never have been in that position. Yeah, you could have brought Salah back in. On Wednesday, and I know he didn't do much midweek, and like because that was something that we were debating, yeah. and they ruled yeah. it out. Um, so you could could have done it that way, but um, yeah, I think I think I'm I think I'm okay with that. We're going to talk about a few moves later on, and I think that I've got some plans that um, that's going to help with that structure point that, that you mentioned as well. Cool. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, Nico is in. What a game! Time to go big on Liverpool again, maybe. Uh, Jason Harry said, I like many of those had Rashford captain and no Salah. Uh, Windy is in talking about Ryder and Tony. We're going to be talking about them. Dave Perrins. Uh, nice to see you, Dave. Nice to join you live. Yep, we're doing this uh, on the Sunday evening just because Paul's got a busy Monday. So we thought we wanted to get this in if we could before the Brentford game because obviously there's likely to be some significant movement there. So this is why we're doing it this evening. And if we knew the, the, the scoreline from the game there, we wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> we wouldn't have bothered, no. we down the pub now. Uh, Julian Wardle says, I'm over 50 and thought I'd seen it all. Uh, but this weekend, unbelievable. Ian Parrin is joining live from Parrintins. Um, Kaiser Sose, um, nice Salah captain after 7.36. Very, very well played. Kaiser Sose, Barry Morrison is in. Brownie, Matska, FF, Matt Woolley. 
um, says, not a great Sky Fantasy afternoon, but sometimes you just have to enjoy an extraordinary match. Absolutely, Matt. Johnny White is in and Owen Jones. Yeah, I think, you know, both Paul and I don't don't have Salah and this, you know, I'm very much, this is very kind of raw, right? Because this has happened. Even if I was like setting up the stream and doing stuff, Salah scored and got an assist and I had to change my rank on screen twice before. Before it finally settled on 38th, I was 15th before the game. Um, it went down to 35th and then uh, down to 38th, so I had to change it. It was like, ah. Oh. Captaincy next Saturday is going to be fun, right? It will be. It will. Oh, yeah, because I think I think all three of them play, right? Is that right? All on the yeah, same thing? Salisbury, Bournemouth, uh, Kings at home in Nottingham Forest, and. Um, Haldway to Palace. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a bit. Um, let's have a look at the fixtures uh, using Ian Parrin's fixture planner. The fixtures coming up, um, we've we've kind of done until Monday, April the third, because that includes that um, Spurs and Everton game there. So, just quickly to plout a few highlights: uh, Brighton play five times uh, now until Saturday, April the first, which is obviously why we're looking so heavy that that FA Cup game um which they lost in the end Leicester lost as well yeah who did I say sorry you said Brighton oh it's, yeah sorry it's, it's that what I meant Brentford you know means that Leicester game goes ahead means uh, Brentford got five games to others you know they've got like five for twos and five for ones over some teams so heavy investment tomorrow probably um looking at um Arsenal still played three times I think I do think if that Arsenal Leeds game had been a bit further on. I wonder whether we'd have been tempted to shift on a little bit, but yes, that that Palace Leeds back to back game on Saturday, April the first is 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 you know is really nice in it. So holding on to Arsenal, probably a good idea. Uh, just having a, a quick look down. Chelsea have got three fixtures in that period. Uh, Liverpool obviously away to Bournemouth, and then uh, they're away to Man City on Saturday the first of April. So I would I would have thought that. Lots of people's plans who own Salah would have been to hold on till Bournemouth and then potentially move off, I'm guessing. Um, that would be, you know, have been my guess. And uh, well done for holding on to him, you know, and keeping it. Uh, Spurs have got three spanking fixtures coming up. Home to Forest, who uh, are shipping goals uh, like no one's business at the moment. They're then away to Southampton, as we know they're struggling. And then they're away to Everton on like Monday, April the 3rd as well. Um, and United, probably the you know another Im- important one from fantasy, home to Southampton next Sunday, probably be the best captaincy option. Rashford, I'm guessing, and then they're away to Newcastle on Sunday, April the second. So they haven't got the volume of games at the moment. But what's your kind of overall thinking at the moment, Paul, in terms of you know um, the next week or two? Yeah, so I've got lots, got I've got quite a lot of transfers. Um... At the start of the week, I had two teams in the top 10, so I could work out what the average remaining transfers were for the remaining eight. So that was around 13 transfers, and, and both my teams are in the 20s. So I've got op- I've got opportunities to do five for ones and seven for twos, mm. etc. coming up. Um so I I'm going to take advantage of, of some of the of some of the gains. My big week's going to be that first week after the international break, where I'm going to probably plot play four or five moves come off Arsenal. Not completely, because I'm sat with um, seven assets, but um, maybe keep Saliba, maybe Saka, and then move off everybody else that week. Um, it could be that I'm bringing in players that I'll keep, like now with transfers, two or three transfers over the next week or so, 
that I'm bringing in players that I'm going to keep for the longer run. And when I use my transfers to get the Arsenal players out, that'll be to get those a couple of those players that are leaving my team, get those back quickly, um, and then try and pivot to something to something else, whether it's as easy as say Man United just got spanked. So now but they've got two good fixtures yeah. that week um and play after the Saturday. So you get the two games immediately. Brighton midweek perhaps. Um there's a few other options that I think I'll wait until the midweek to get Salah back and then that'll I'll, I'll have the three premiums again from that point onwards. So um yeah that that that's my current thinking. What about you? Yeah I think um I'm definitely gonna bring in, you know, obviously subject to the team news, but I'm going to go for Raya and Tony, I think, tomorrow. I'm not sure on captaincy. I did see one poll earlier that had Tony much higher than Raya, which I was quite surprised at, so we'll have to have a look at that, but I'm, I'm definitely bringing in those two. I'm, you know, obviously fully aware of Tony's uh, potential impending imp- imp- bans uh, for everything, but I just feel that if you don't do it and then he scores two and three or three and three or whatever else you just be left kicking yourself and I've got enough I've got enough transfers and also structurally he's an easy move on right so you know if he gets banned right he's an easy move on to someone like Lewis Dunk for example or someone like that because he's that third striker um, he's needy to move on so I personally think he's worth the risk so I'll be doing those two the other two or three players I'm looking at pre-international break um Lewis Dunk, regardless, I think, over 100 passes again yesterday. Just a machine. Um, and obviously, they've got a nice hop on point. I think it's middle of next week. It's all because they play. If they played on the Sunday this weekend, I'd have probably moved for him then. But they don't play till the Wednesday. So potentially the Wednesday. They play midweek and then they don't play um, the following game week as well. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a tricky one. It is. What's also interesting, like, so on the Brighton front, like, I'm sure that the way that they're playing just now that they'll do fine against most teams anyway. But um, after the two good fixtures that they've got after an international break, Brentford and Bournemouth, they then got a run of playing Chelsea, Spurs, Man City, I think, so the next three games after that. So it's not it's not like an ideal fixture run to to move into. I still but... I still think they'll get the passer though, and that's and that's what I kind of look at in that. Like Dunk against Spurs is going to get about hundred and fifty passes, for example, because Spurs don't press, you know. And and even against um, City played Arsenal the other week, and I think the Arsenal defenders got tier two passing and stuff. So I don't, you know, clean sheet wise, I think that's you know a, a really good argument. But when you go for Dunk, you don't really just go go for the clean sheet. You go because he's just a a passing machine, well, I was, isn't he? But... I, yeah, I was thinking more if you were going to start loading up, like yeah, maybe if you had loads of transfers, if you were going to go Matoma or McAllister and Solly March. Yeah, um... no, I think I think there's other, I think there's other teams, maybe teams like Leicester and stuff, who you know potentially could have better fixtures, you know, around that time attacking wise. Um, I was going to say something else. Then ah, it's gone. It's gone. Gone. We'll come back to it probably. Um, so just a quick look at transfers remaining. Uh, so the top 10, top 100, top 1,000 all went, uh, no, sorry, the top 10, top 100 both went up this week, up by um, half a transfer in the top 10 and up by um, a transfer and a half in the top 100. So they're both, all four averages now are roughly 
they're between 15 and 16. So they seem to have settled right right down now, you know, and you can see that people are dropping off and the cream is rising, you know, and um, that will obviously change massively now this week due to one, the number of um, a transfer will be made ahead of Brighton, but also that Salah Hall today would have likely shifted all the non-owners who are like, you know, in the six and seven hundreds down out of the top 1,000 and a lot of people in top 1,000. So we'll get a much truer reflection of what is going on in, you know, in all, in all these in all these areas. So, yep, still, you know, well, well above the average um, and, you know, and, you know, and stuff and I'm reasonably happy. So any, anything to cut, any thought at all, Paul, on the, on the transfer remaining? Uh, well, the top, the top 10 increased, but I didn't have my second team in the top 10 and then it was in the top 10 and I know that was over 20. So, like, so I, I, I had did the calculation of, what the top ten was without my team, and it went down without without that. So there was transfers getting used, and obviously top ten uh, jostling for positions coming in and, and and dropping out there as well. It'll be interesting this week because of the changes again, um, and the, the Brentford moves tomorrow. Like I, I'm surprised about the the Tony thing as well, and it's not it's not because of the impact. Well. People are getting nervous about the impending ban both on both fronts, like the gambling, um, the look at the gambling, but also the he's on eight bookings as well. I don't think that that concerns me as much because I just I just jump off him, um, taking Enketi out from anyway. So um, it's it's almost like a free pass. But there's others I imagine that would be taking a a playing player or someone that's got a lot of fixtures to make the move. Whereas. The goalkeeping situation, I think it's a lot easier for people because you're getting extra fixture and, and you've already got a lot of Arsenal defenders, so taking Ramsdale's out is easier and people's been one rid of Ederson for about <laughs> since oh, since oh, since overhaul now. So um he he'll be getting moved on as well. That was a nice parting gift for Edison owners mind. It's always it's always nice when they do that before you uh before you go. Little little uh uh, metaphorical like, sort of handshake. Thank you very much. Off you go. Yeah, it's like that stock exchange thing I was saying about last <laughs> week. And I was like, buy when they're low or sell when they're high. You get, you get on, you get out when uh, when you've got some points. Cool. Uh, looking at some Brighton players, then you know they're going to be mega, mega popular soon. Uh, we just got a graphic up now showing a few players: Mitoma, McAllister, Estupin, and uh, March and Dunk. Um, what are your thoughts overall on Brighton I, I um we were talking to Ben Krellin this week on the FPL pod and he seems pretty convinced as well that Brighton's additional unrearranged fixture is going to go into FPL game week 30 or 31 as well which would also add another fixture right into that pack schedule for Brighton so it's going to be after it's going to be after the break because after the break is game week 29 so it'll either be the week after the week after he's he's reasonably convinced it will be going in there so that's just another thing to think about but Brighton can be massively popular, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and again, this is another reason why keeping keeping transfers back and, and and moving on at that point in time, especially when Arsenal's fixtures aren't great at all. Um, it's just unfortunate that they play on the Saturday on the first because if they'd played on the Sunday, it would have been an easy uh, mass move on. But I I might still do it in the midweek. You know, like the game against Bournemouth might be an ideal opportunity, especially if I hold off on Salah and bring him in on the Tuesday or the Wednesday night. Um, being able to to do the double moves at that point in time, getting the, um, get one or two of the cheaper Brighton 
players in as well to to complement that um, and, and free up the money needed to, to move back to that three premium. Um, it's good, good, good opportunity there. And if I'm holding real longer term, then uh, I've already freed up some some money on the on the goalkeeper as well. Yeah, well, we'll talk in a bit as well. Is one or two players who potentially we should all be looking at getting in soon who are mega, mega cheap as well, aren't they? But just firstly on Brighton then. So, well, McAllister's one, right? 7.4 million. Obviously, yep. his returns have changed in terms of he was he was a beast for tackling and passing, which if he's playing as number 10, he won't. He's still got penalties, as we know, as we saw yesterday. 7.4 million. Uh, Dunk is, I think he's, he's 8 point. Was eight point five or something? Is he? Nah, it's cheap. I think it's cheaper. Cheaper than that. Sure. Okay. Seven point nine. Oh wow. Okay. Um, they would probably be the two that I would look to target. I think. Um, you know the the first two. Um, any interest in others? And and who if so? I, there's somebody not on this. So Matoma seven point two. Like I think you could sit, sit with three three Brighton yeah. players in there and for the end of the season they've got the they've got they'll have two or three fixtures on on a lot of the teams as well. Yeah. Um, but Casado's just signed a, a new contract as well. Now he doesn't he doesn't get a lot of points, but he, he picks up passing and odd tackle bonus as well. He might be someone that if you if you're really struggling for for budget to to move on to Casado and uh, and free up the money elsewhere. The thing is as well, in that in that period, Brighton are gonna have like five or six fixtures to others one or two. We we've just seen, haven't we, with, with Arsenal in this little period, Arsenal have had four for ones and stuff. Um yeah. I think Arsenal only kept two clean sheets in that period. But because they get the pass in and because they, you know, an 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 odd player will get a goal like like Zinchenko, you didn't bring him in for his, his goal threat, right? But you know, you you know, you may find if you bring in Dunk Casado, whatever that you know, Brighton will win one 0 and Casado gets the goal. It's, it's not. It's that fixture volume for me is probably the most important part of the game and why it's so worth say you know, saving your transfers for because if you get any kind of positive result and even like even yesterday, right? So Arsenal against Bournemouth, um, they won three two. I don't think any of the popular assets got a goal or assist, but. They all got passing bonus. I think um, Odegaard yeah. got tackle and shots, and wherever else. So that's the beauty of Sky, is they don't actually need to. The team does Zinchenko. need to win for you to still haul. Yeah, Zinchenko. I think sure Zinchenko got double bonus as well, didn't he? Uh, Gabriel got tier two. Salaba got tier two, and yeah, and Zinchenko got tackles and passes as well. Oh, really? So there's okay. like six, six pointer without. Yeah. Um, after conceding two goals as well, no, I, I think you're absolutely right, and that's going back as I say. That's that's the way that that you and I played the Arsenal volumes um, was was over having three premiums, and over the course we're probably up. Uh, like I still think we're we'll be net up. Oh, massive! Um, I, I would never have captain Salah today. I would have captain Rashford, yeah. um, regardless of the position anyway. So. Um, you've got to take that into consideration. We think for those four or five Arsenal games that we brought it. Bear in mind, Dad and Catch um, right as well. He did absolutely nothing. He got like one assist, right? But there was only the one game. There was the midweek game against Everton where everything went right, right? You know, we had all the goal scorers and all the assisters and the clean sheets. But just that one. So in ter- in terms of overall rank, for example, going to this Arsenal period, I was definitely ranked out. You know, outside the top hundred, I was like one hundred eighth, and. Even now, you know, we come to the end of this Arsenal thing, and I've just had an absolute 
battering off Salah. Still 38th, you know, and if Salah hadn't have done that, it would have been a lot higher. And yourself as well. I think you were like like 61st or 66th along those lines. And now you're up to 7th with a battering from Salah as well. So that when you just look at that whole period as a whole, um, it's and up, and up, to do. And we played and played all those transfers to get Arsenal assets in and sitting in the twenties for for transfers still. So yeah, I'm I'm as I say like uh, we've used this analogy before, but you and I play play a lot of poker, right? Or not a lot of poker, but we play poker and you can deal with bad beats or this is a fair beat. Like you you know you wake up with kings and you're you're against aces like. You're down your luck on that position, even though you're like, even though you are, you have got the worst hand out of the, out of the two in that position. It's because the way it's, I, you know I see it as well with Salah now. It's I'd have, if I'd have gone for Salah last week, a week before, I would have had to take out Rodri, who got who got an eight pointer. I would have probably taken yeah. out Odegaard, who got a seven pointer. And when you and and if I play that way all the time you're probably rifling through transfers a lot as well because you're constantly hopping around. So I probably wouldn't have the transfer account I've got. So I'm trying to think of, you know, ver- very much the bigger picture. I do I do think the Dream Team season I had a, a, a couple of weeks, uh, sorry, years ago has, has, has helped me put that a lot more into perspective of, you know, you will have these times, um, but you just got to look at the bigger picture and think, right, still got a really good team, still got a really good rank, still really well set going forward. And that's it. So yeah, that, that that question we had a couple of weeks ago, we're you know we're living it now, aren't we? And this, uh, yeah, just uh, plow on. Um, we're going to look at a couple of differentials. So these are a couple of players, Paul, that you think potentially jumping on these early could be very profitable while they're still quite lowly. Yeah, yeah. Our complaint of the Sky Game or people's luck with Sky Game this season is that they've not been able to find the edge. I mean. Picking Salah and captain on today would have been an edge, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, but, but, but looking ahead, rather looking behind, like I, I think I looked. Bruno was dreadful today, by the way. At, like attitude. He's played on the left though him. as well, which was uh, yeah. an odd setup. But... Um, but I was moaning about not getting subbed at one point. Anyway, Bruno served me well when I owned him in that in that in that um, small period of time. And I think with the uh, with Man United playing on the Sunday after the international break. Um, again, I think that that could be a good opportunity to to jump off Arsenal players and jump on Bruno. Now, this might come like if, if people are wanting Salah, Haaland, Kane, and Bruno is, is perhaps going to um, prove a little bit difficult, or it's going to need um, some budget enablers to to sit in there with them. But um, I think that that the picking up Bruno at that point in time could be could be a nice differential. Um, he's very lowly owned. That's unlikely to get any. Bigger, considering I think after, like they play Southampton next Sunday, but then after that they don't have a game again until that um, until that Sunday. So I think Bruno will be popular. Like Ollie Watkins, um, well, he's, he's burnt, he burnt you and I this season, but um, he's got fixture volume and had scored five and five until until yesterday. Um, good hop on points for him as well next Sunday. So those that perhaps aren't fancying Tony. Might, might want to go on Ollie Watkins, provides a good differential captain, say, on the following week on the Saturday. I know a lot of people will be on Kane. Um, they play, uh, Spurs play Southampton, but Ollie Watkins is at home at Bournemouth, so he could uh, he could prove a nice nice differential. And, and Villa play two games, Chelsea and Leicester, 
um, the first week after the international break as well. So again, you've got fixture volume there for, for Ollie Watkins. And then the third person on the screen just now, Enzo Fernandez. I know that you, you already won him, Fergie. I think that um, he's guaranteed to get to get five points a game now. Chelsea play in the blank game week. They play the double the, the, um, the first week after the international break. Um, for those that are perhaps going to Newcastle, it uh, might transition through Trippier or or someone like that and then pick up um, the extra game from, from Enzo Fernandez on the Saturday there as well. So so three three differentials there, all really lowly owned. Well, Enzo Fernandez is like 20% in the top 1,000, so maybe not that lowly owned, but um, but players I expect uh, ownership to to increase significantly over the next month. Yeah, I think, you know, just, just kind of thinking out loud, I think having Enzo probably having Dunk and McAllister as an example, I think, and, and Saliba, they're the kind of four, you know, that that the kind of profile of players you need if you're going to want to have Salah and Caden and Haaland. And that's, that was part of the reason why I went for um, Enzo. Uh, we had a question around, you know, is Enzo the new Rodri? Um, at the moment, it does look like it um, in terms of, you know, you're, you're guaranteed the five points for passing. He will get an odd odd tackle bonus, you'll probably get an odd assist and maybe the odd goal as well. So You know he's gonna start. You know, you know he's, he's gonna start. start. He was like hundred million or wherever he was, right? So he's uh yeah, he's he's um I th- you know, I th- I think he's nailed and I'd like I'd like to think I'm a transfer ahead of a lot of the pack on that one, I think, because he'll be incredibly popular. Um but yeah, they, that's that's what I'm thinking, just harking back to what we said earlier, is setting your team up structurally to know because I probably know I'm gonna want Salah, Haaland and Kane at some point and if you want that um, even having Enzo ahead of Rodri for example saves you one, you know, 1.4 million for example and uh, Dunk, potentially McAllister you know if you're, if you're tossing it between like McAllister and <clears throat> I don't know like an 8.5 million midfielder maybe even Madison or something it may be worth going for McAllister just to make sure that then you don't have to burn transfers down the line to bring in Salah for example so Good stuff. Um, let's have a look at the week ahead. Firstly, uh, it's got its, its own slide this time because it's such a big game where we think that you know people are going to be be using a fair few transfers, including ourselves. But Brentford versus Fulham tomorrow night, eight o'clock um, on screen. We've got uh, Raya, Tony, and Mbomo. I think he's he's cheap still, Mbomo, and he's a midfielder and um, just. You know, someone to maybe look at if your structure doesn't allow you to get to Tony, for example. What's your thinking on this game, Paul? Um, yeah, I, just, I think David Real is going to be incredibly popular for the reasons I mentioned earlier on. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the majority of the, the top 1K owned them by the end of it. I, I'm suspecting something like 65, 70% <laughs> genuine ownership. You got that right last time, didn't you, with... Uh... With a player, this, one's this one is harder because I'm starting from a lower. Yeah. I'm starting from a lower, um, a lower percentage. But yeah, I reckon 70 percent of the top one K on on him tomorrow. And the benefits of Ray are obviously other than the the, the packed fixture schedule is he's he's you know he costs far less than kind of Edison and Ramsdale and all that, and also he's almost and guaranteed the save bonus. Back, and he doesn't back Brentford on a coupon every week. <laughs> well, well, there is that as well. Yeah. 
talking of uh, talking of that, um, Ivan Tony, there's a lot of you know of concern, um, you know, over whether you know he'll very likely start well, was about, tomorrow well, and next well, week. I think, but yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I think the the announcement getting made this week. Therefore, if he doesn't play tomorrow, we get to see the team line up. So you're not you're not shooting in the dark. So like from a sky perspective, it's a great position to be in. If he if he doesn't play, then obviously we wouldn't make the move. If he does play, you think what's going to change from this week to next week um, on that basis? Even if he picks up a yellow card, he's going to play the Everton game anyway because he's because he, that, that that only puts him on the nine bookings. So um, uh, yeah, I think I, I think. Based on the fixture volumes and the way that I like to play the game, like with Arsenal fixture volumes and Absolutely. even the even the Arsenal assets that didn't necessarily part- particularly want the fact that you're picking up the extra points, even for the appearance points and and the volumes there, I think that I, I think I'll be moving on to on to Tony as well. And from the captaincy, I think that they'll be far more picked. I know you had said you'd seen a few polls where where Tony's captaincy percentage was higher. I still think David Reyes will be um, overall higher. So I think I'll, I'll stick with him. Yeah, interesting. And I think the difference, you know, we know that, that Tony is on eight yellows. He he will very likely get a two-game ban at some point. But I think the difference, we were we were talking about Polina when we were moving him through. So in the exact same position, the difference is with these players are their ceilings, right? That like, like with Polina, he was only going to get four or five every game absolute maximum as it panned out interestingly he got one or two you know after you know after took him out and then he went and scored um in the FA Cup which was a, a double bummer for sky managers but with tony with the quality of the fixtures they've got um just have a quick a quick look again and you know and the volume so they've got fulham at home without palinia uh, which which is decent. Everton, who are just all over the shop at the moment. Southampton, um, I know they did they win on the weekend or did they lose? I can't I can't remember. They won one nil. They won one nil. Um, and then they've got uh, Leicester, who defensively is still you know are st- are still the best. So those next and they have the game on the Saturday back, which is Brighton. But those first four games are are pretty good, you know. And and Tony's upside. I think I think the Tony has scored a hat trick in his last two seasons. He is one of those that is is hat material. He's on penalties. He's on free kicks. And, yeah, and even if even if he does get banned in any of those games, that'll give me the the excuse to the get push the to move exactly the push to dunk. Yeah, same exactly the same. Yeah, so I th- I think I'm doing. I I set myself up now this week in terms of of transfers. I think I'll be doing Ray and probably Rodri due to the fixture volume for Rodri um, over this period. I think. Um, Brentford have a is it a seven for two or something crazy of Man City or six or like including captaincy so it's well worth um, the transfer there so I, I think I'll be doing Ramsdale and Rodri that's, ex- that's excluding captaincy that's excluding captaincy so it's an eight for two if assuming he plays all you know all those games no, seven, seven, yeah no seven, seven for two but you don't need to work in whether you captain a real over them or anything yeah. like that so yeah it's well worth it so uh, and and. Just on that as well, any other options? You know, I've got um, Mbomo there. I know me, they don't tend to get passing, do they? So, uh, it's not, no. It's not for, like, moves like that, I don't think I don't think are for me. But Brentford do have a lot of those games away from home. Yeah, they do. Which yeah. is fine from, a, like, where Brentford, Brentford are one of the few teams in the Premier League that have a traditional, their home record's really good and their away record's not so good. Um 
Real pick up saves, so I'm happy there. If they're going to get goals, probably Tony's going to probably be involved. So again, that's that, that's the reasons why those two stand out more, like far more than others. Uh, Hornet is in the chat and says and says I forgot we had a live Sunday night, just like old times. Just missing a Tesco cat update from Dan, and then he adds um, that cat has still got more followers than Dan on Twitter. <laughs> Dan's Dan absolutely fuming. Fuming. <laughs> I don't know if Dan's got Salah or not. It would have been a good, a good Dan Grant um, episode if he, if he didn't. No. Dave Perrin's just sat on Tony, you know, and we've seen a lot of this across various games. Just in terms of Haaland at the moment, he's obviously not, you know, he's dropped off scoring as many goals as he was. You know, you can't really see dropped off form, you know, or whatever else. They just don't want to seem to pass to him at the moment, do they? But um, taking out Haaland, um, I'm, you know, I'm guessing I won't be doing it just because of his... Ability to, you know, we the other week I think he blanked twice on the trot and then and then scored a hat trick. Uh, he's that kind of player, isn't he? And um, you know, a waiter Palace is a you know a pretty a pretty good fixture. I think. Have you got any inclination at all to take a Harland? Not obviously, knowing you'll be getting him back uh, for fixture games with other teams. I can see. I can see the logic and. Um... Like Villa's got a five for one over City starting yep. next Sunday as well. If you're happy picking a different captain than Haaland at home to Liverpool in the early kickoff on the on the first day after an international break, um, I, I probably won't get rid of him either. But he will be the only City asset that I'll be holding beyond then. Arsenal do have Leeds on that day as well as a pretty enticing alternative. Uh, for someone like Saka, you know, it's the thing with Liverpool. You never know which Liverpool are going to bloody turn up to. It's uh, wouldn't be surprised if they yeah. won three nil or or lost three nil. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see them next week. Let's have a look ahead to next weekend. Uh, Bournemouth, Liverpool, as we've touched on, uh, Spurs and Forest, Leicester and Chelsea, Leeds and Brighton, Everton and Brentford, Palace and. Man City, really, as you mentioned right at the start, really interesting day for captaincy. I think I know who who I'm going with. Um, to me, it's pretty standout. And because of this, I probably should think about moving Haaland on because I don't fancy Haaland. I say I don't fancy Haaland. I fancy someone a bit more. Well, you're going to go Kane, right? I think so. I just think Forrest at the moment are, are just all over the shop. Um, I know Spurs not playing particularly well. Um, don't have Salah against Bournemouth, but I still, I still, I still don't trust Liverpool enough away from home, especially to do it. I know they beat Bournemouth nine nil during the season, but obviously times have changed, right? I don't really take that into account. But Kane home to Forest, City away to Palace. I can, you know, if I'm to think of what I think those score lines will be, I think Spurs will probably win somewhere like three nil or three one, and I think City would probably win two one or. Maybe three one. I don't think there's a lot in it personally. Um, what's you thinking? I think I'm with Captain Holland. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yeah, obviously, as it gets towards the day, it's very easy to sit here now and say, "I think I'm going to do X, Y, and Z." But you know, as you get towards it, and you know, you, you get more news and things become a bit real, and you look at Harlan's ownership and realise it's ninety nine point nine nine percent. You just like yeah, Kane's ninety five. Kane's ninety five percent on. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And and you know, and these are decisions, aren't they? When people talk about edge, because I use this example a lot around just just wait for the day, wait for the day, and and 
you know that could be massive swing either way, right? If you you go for Kane and he and he pops a couple of goals in Harlan Harlan blanks, you're flying like like Salah did today. Yeah, Liverpool's a Liverpool's another example of that as well. Like I, I wouldn't swear no one from going to, going against Salah going against the Salah captain if you see the the, the Liverpool lineup in that game, but. Me personally, I'd be Captain Haaland. And I'd Captain Haaland if I owned all three as well. But I play the game pretty boring and standard and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to tilt my own way of playing just because of uh, the outcome of a of a game there. Sunday the 12th, uh, we get to the lineups for three games at two o'clock, interestingly. Uh, West Ham and Villa, my United, Southampton, Fulham and Arsenal, and then Newcastle and Wolves later on. Um... Rashford, you guess, would probably be the most popular captaincy there. Uh, Arsenal play as well. Do you agree? Yeah, I think I think Captain Rashford again. I wouldn't talk anyone out, Captain and Saka, but um, I'll be Captain Rashford. It, interestingly, I think Sunday is a good opportunity for those with Salah. Um, I'm not trying to get, make people get rid of them. They don't have a game the follow. They don't have a game the following yeah. week, so it can't yeah. it can't hurt them. Um, I imagine that Salah to Trippier will be a popular yeah, just move that yeah, day. Well, so that right. covers you the captaincy on the following Friday night. So you're um, you're getting a fixture gain out of that too. Anyone else for those uh, not holding Salah at all? I suppose I suppose it's a bit a bit tougher for others because I because Arsenal play on the Sunday as well, don't they? So uh, oh look, really, there's not there's not really a massive opportunity. Maybe Rodri. You still all, you know, um, or kind of a Kanji or Ake or someone like that. If you own yeah, them, it looks, it looks ideal. Or not, or not, yeah, yeah Rodri's the, 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 other, the other playing example there as well. Yeah, because obviously the following Friday, which is just before the um, international break, Newcastle and Forest have a, a single game day, which is home at Forest. Can you guess? I'd probably be quite a, quite a tight affair there we can imagine like a nil, a nil nil or a one nil to Newcastle or something and uh, so yeah interesting I haven't, I haven't really got I haven't really got a plan yet for Trippier I haven't really thought of one yet so uh, obviously see what happens you know over the week see what happens on Saturday um, I'm quite happy to wait because he's not going to be the most popular captain if I have to wait I'll wait you know but uh, yeah, I haven't really thought that far ahead yet um questions uh thank you so much to everyone who sent in again we had so so many questions and interestingly paul a lot of these were sent in prior to liverpool game and it was uh all linked to how you're going to spend your winnings because you were you, you were fourth and fifth overall yeah but i've never i've never yeah i've come on every week and i'm not playing it down for the sake of playing it down i don't I, like as i said you need a massive massive amount of luck as well as skill to win to win Sky and I had had all the luck and today my luck ran out so uh, I didn't run out sorry I, did, I was on the wrong side of luck today so um, yeah I'll, I'll keep going keep keep going I still think I've got a chance I don't think I will win it but um, if I was to win money whether that's overall or whether it's in leagues or stuff like that I'm, uh, I'm 40 next summer when the Euros are on and to my oldest friends I went to school with for 40 at the same time. And um, 
yeah, maybe maybe pay for us to go across the Euros. If Scotland get there, brilliant, because wow. I'd, probably wow. be, I'd probably get tickets. But if not, it's in Germany, and I just think it's so efficiently set up there. With when you get match day tickets, you get all your transport paid for, um, or or you don't have to pay for the transport and stuff like that. So superb. Yeah. Um, I'll just I'll just run through first just the uh, quite specific Sky questions first. Uh, ben Scarfet just asked around differentials and good hop opportunities that's just exactly what <laughs> what we've gone through there um hornet asks are you offloading all city assets by kickoff next sunday um harland is probably the only one and it's and it's only because you know well one he can just destroy you and two you're absolutely guaranteed you're going to want him back so it, it, it you know it may depend on transfer account but i suppose i suppose my argument is if you're going to captain salah or kane i think you may as well hop off um, because as you say, Watkins has got what is it a five five for one, for example. There will be other teams who've got four for ones and stuff, and you can daisy chain Harland back in then off someone else maybe. So I, I definitely think you know, uh, I don't think I'll have the balls to, but um, definite opportunity there, especially if you're chasing. Um, FPL Fist asked about a Bruno Rashford double up. Uh, yeah. Probably now, af, you know, um, after the break. Yeah, Sunday the second day. Yeah, from... after the break because United blank in two weeks' time because of the FA Cup. Also for close, is Kepa to Raya worth it? Kepa's a bit, a bit more interesting. They do have fixed. They've got Leicester, Everton and Villa um, in the time where Brentford have those five games. I'm not sure. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's not as clear cut. The Kepa one's just not as clear cut as yeah. any any other goalkeeper transfer move. Maybe if you have an abundance of transfers, yes. If you don't, then maybe move to Tony and have him as your captain and on those Brentford days. Agree. Uh, Luke Notley says, "Iron up a Tony to Madison chain here. Any good? Uh, it seems a nice safety net. Yeah, that and that's what we talked about earlier. The the safety net for if he gets his ban or gets his gets his yellow. I, I think Matt like Madison yesterday." Um, I didn't watch the match, but apparently he was insanely unlucky not to get any returns in the Southampton game. So I think that Madison is going to be hugely popular in a in a few weeks' time. Yeah, uh, and he's a good, he's a good cap that I think we talked about before when we were looking at fixtures. There was one day it looked relatively complex, and and he had a standout fixture. I think it was like a home at Everton or something. Like that. I've not got it in front of me. It's quite quite a, a, bit, a bit away, but um, yeah, having him in early, I just think he's. Injury record's not particularly great now, though, is it? It's, um, again, it's one of those ones that he's good to get on early because you know he is going to be popular if he stays fit. But if he doesn't, um, if he didn't have a lot of transfers, maybe that's... I know you're not booking one in, but... Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Mark Wright, if you had to lose either Martinelli or Odegaard for Tony, which one would you lose? Tough one. Probably lose Martinelli based on his ownership being lower. Odegaard had eleven shots yesterday, and I know, I know that's recency bias because if you'd looked at the two games before, you would say yeah. Martinelli is definitely the better asset. But I think based on Martinelli's ownership as well, I'd probably lose him. Yeah. FPL Garfield uh, says thoughts on Enzo. Yeah, I think we both is. Oh, this is the question: Is he the cheaper version of Rodri? I, th- I think he is. You can certainly have both though. You know. I'd, I think moving off Rodri in the short term is probably um, a good idea, but 
Man City will have a lot of rearranged games back ended due to their their progress in the FA Cup. So you'll you'd probably want him back. And would you bring in Tony for already have Raya? Uh, yep, definitely. This this is the thing. This is the I you know pile on the teams who you who you believe in, right? Who've got the fixture volume, who you think will do well. That's that's how you move up, definitely. Um, Matt, asks, interesting. I was, I was just um, think about this actually. Are either of you swithering? Um, over Newcastle assets, and who is your favourite Newcastle asset? I was, I was thinking. I, I don't, I don't know whether I'd give that. You know, if it doesn't naturally fall for my team, may may give it a skip. I don't know because. So, so here's so here's here's a here's a reason why I don't think I'd skip it. So after the international break, so we start with. And most people, I think, that are doing it, that have, that have had recent success, I'll be sat on quite a few Arsenal defenders. But to the point where, and when I say most Arsenal defenders, I think a lot of teams I'll be on a three-five-two or a three-four-three with three Arsenal defenders. I want to come off the Arsenal defence on the first of after the first of April, pretty quickly, and. I don't want to block myself to only have to do defensive moves because I might want offense like I might want to move to midfielders like Madison, like Bruno, if you took Rashford out, like and then to bring him back in again. There's another midfielder slot that you want to pick up on the on the Sunday, the day after. So sitting there with Trippier, who has two games that week as well, yeah, plays all the way through is almost like and he's at a cheap point of a defender where it frees up a little bit of budget as well that sitting with him in there makes moving off those Arsenal defenders easy and gives you a lot more choices. And that's and that's one reason why, another reason why I'm pretty set on, on bringing him in. Yeah, just having a look. And there's, and there's a period just after the break as well, the one you mentioned um, Sunday the 2nd as well, where they have like a four for one over, you know, they have four fixtures in a very short space of time and things. So, yeah, they've got, in the next period, they play six times while Man City, for example, only play twice Liverpool only play three times and stuff you know and Newcastle are pretty you know a pretty good bet for clean sheets and the fixtures go on and on and I think that's the outstanding rearranged games we play with Brighton as well so it could actually be they have another fixture put in as well right smack bang in that period so uh yeah Newcastle will be interesting we might see uh you know conversions back and see teams rammed full of Brighton and Newcastle defenders for a period while they just got this huge fixture run um throughout April for sure uh, Raya or Tony, captain on Monday. I think you said uh, Raya likely down to ownership. He's probably you'll probably start on four or five points. He seems to most weeks, don't he, with his saves? Yeah, well, Tony outscores on me. Outscores him. I think that I'll balance out by the fact that Raya's ownership will be higher. But I'm I'm captain Raya anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. We've had, we've answered most of the other. Uh, you know, sky specific questions. We've had, we've had a few other ones. Uh, Dan Cox, uh, what changes would you make to next season's game? Don't be biased. Back to forty, one overhaul or two, um, or and uh, a man of the match awards. What do you think? Preferred the one. I've preferred most of the changes that they've made this year. I I, I liked I like forty transfers rather than fifty. I don't like man of the match awards. So if I was making any change, I'd move it back from fifty to forty. Um, one overhaul, absolutely. Um, I've seen a, a few of the comments on that thread about adding 
more passing bonus tiers. I think that that would be the worst thing that they could do. Um, and the reason for that is that what Sky is good at is opening up the player pool. Yeah. So um, when they added the tackle bonus, it, like players like Casado and um, Polina, who are great assets in like FPL, for example, if you add more tier bonuses, like Dunk's going to be like, ownership's going to be like 100%. Um, all, like all the nailed on players for the big teams like defend defensively um are going to be like like ridiculously owned as well and therefore you completely remove like I don't think me is a good a good sky option but I still think quite a few folk will pick him up um on on Monday night you completely remove players like that from the game when you you do that maybe something like block but like maybe if you're adding a different like a bonus tier, like something like blocks. Um, some, 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 if I was doing anything, it would be add something else that would again enhance the eligible player pool of um, of assets. I think. Yeah, I don't. I personally think this season, and it's easy to say it, like when you're having a good season, right? But I think this Sky season, this season, is the most I've I've ever enjoyed playing. A fantasy game in a season and obviously it does help that, that it's gone well right but I just think in terms of the way the overhaul fell and you know obviously there won't be a world cup every year but you know ha- just having it sort of in the middle of the season because I think I think that second overhaul you know the the first overhaul is just an absolute sh- shit show like that 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 just has to go but having a second overhaul usually so late which is normally around about after game week 28 or something it just means that the running is just far less exciting because everyone basically starts again with a game week one team. So, you know, it, it should it's much more exciting when you've got a lot of divergence across, you know, across the teams. Like now, I, I personally, you know, I genuinely feel incredible. You know, win, lose or draw, just incredibly excited about the way the season is 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 playing out because, you know, you you can look at the ownership. You know, we know. Everyone's got Harlan, Kane, and Saber, and, and you know, and, and one or two others. But everywhere else, people are halfway through their daisy chains. They're halfway through their own plans. It's not if you started again. It's it's just obvious. Like everyone would start with four or five Brentford and whatever, whatever. But now people have got it's having decisions to make and choosing their own path on where they see the value and where they want to de-risk and stuff. And I just think this season. Has been absolutely fantastic, and I've, like I say, win, lose, or draw, regardless of how it finishes, I've enjoyed this season. It has really, really been superb, and I wouldn't, I personally would keep, I keep the fifty as well, personally. But, um, but yeah, question there, Dan. Um, clean sheet wipeouts is at what stage does this friendship turn into rivalry? As both of you get close to fifty k, you'd have asked us that at three o'clock, and have had a, a bit better amber at the moment. I think we're a bit like, oh well, but. Uh, yeah, anything to add on that, Paul? Not, um, I've not, I've not felt any pressure or anything like that, or, or, or amongst anything, and yeah, I don't. I think, yeah, I think whilst I felt when I very first started in the podcast, um, I felt the podcast was a hindrance to me. Now I see it as a benefit by just talking things through, talking things through with you and. 
and getting the questions in um, and having to think about the questions before I come on as well. So um, butterfly effect might, might might never have been as, as high as high as a position if it wasn't for for the podcast and wasn't for you and I's friendly rivalry on these things anyway. So it's all good. Yeah, fair, you know, and and same as well. I you know I'm 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 very much like a case or sort of sort of person you just make your decisions and whatever happens happens and stuff so you know if i i'm not going to kind of change the way i you know i, I play because i feel you know i firmly believe especially in the way i play sky and telegraph i firmly believe that this is the right way to play which is to go all in on teams and uh you know whatever i'm certainly not going to change if it gets like the final week and i'm within like 10 points or whatever else you know it may it may be something i may think about but even then i'm like I don't know. I I just think when you get to that, because I'm in all the cash leagues, whereas you're only in one as well, aren't you? So what I don't want to do is just try and try and go it's for the big one and then things. lose all that and stuff. And it's like it's not about money for you know, it's not about money. It's nice to win money. Don't get me wrong. You'd never turn it down or you know uh, or whatever else. But I you know I honestly I honestly think if you won and I didn't, I would be over the moon for you, you know, because uh, you know, because you'd have deserved to have won, really, and that and that's it. I just look at it really objectively between, you know, if I deserve to win, great. If you deserve to win, great. But, you know, if I don't, if I come second and you come first, you've played better over the season and, and you've deserved it, and that's about it, really. So, um, Dave Simplegal, um, I know you both like a bit of game theory. How much cash is each of your, I'll take it and end the season today, Amount. Uh, interesting question there. So I, I'm not a big um, money driver in a lot of things that I do in life anyway. And um, I've always been on like you know, deal or no deal, right? I always end up like doing comparisons to game shows. So it's, it's, I misspent like misspent youth, like at university and stuff, when I was just to sit and watch daytime TV all the time. Um, but I was always uh, like, if they put me in a really tough spot, like uh, you know, like you've got a quarter of a million and a blue box in your in your bed in between the two. And remember, they would always like cheekily put like fifty k, and I don't know what's. People always go, oh, it's a life changing amount of money, and they always say like twenty k, like twenty k. I think was like a, a common thing that they said on deal or no deal, and um, and like, therefore to not give value, they could offer you something like sixty grand in that. Right, here's a box, right, ten pence, or a quarter of a million, right. You get to pick the box if you want. I'm going to offer you sixty grand, and I think you get a lot of people taking that sixty grand in those things. I genuinely wouldn't, and you would have to, but you you'd have to offer me very, very, very close to half. Now, I, I'm not. I don't think I'm um, even money to win the game, so <laughs> so you can't offer me twenty five grand. Like, so you can't say twenty five grand. Yeah. But I genuinely like value winning at very close to the money that you get for for winning it. So. It's probably a different answer to now, but I don't, I don't know. I think maybe like it'd have to be quite high. I think 
because I know that because I know that I've got an outside chance of yeah, winning it. Yeah. I think yeah. you'd have to offer me like something like twenty grand, yeah. and I don't think yeah. that, I, and I don't think that's fair odds represented where I am because yeah. I think I'm much much further down, much further down than that. But I think you'd have to offer me those odds to to pull away the fact that I've not won the game and therefore I'm I, I'm factoring that in the decision. Absolutely, and I I I'm in, I'm in complete agreement and. Uh... You know, to to a lot of people who are listening to this and watching this, that you know, they're addicts, right? They're addicts like us. Their their passion, their hobby, their everything they spend any spare moment thinking about is this, right? It's um, it's it's fancy football. It's what we do. It's what we do for nine months of the year, and then we're bored over the summer, and then we just can't wait for the football to start again. And I and I very much had this with Dream Team. Don't get me wrong winning the money was absolutely fantastic. But I said it at the time and I absolutely meant it. Winning it to me was was as important. It was like it was it was a personal ambition. It was something that I've like a massive tick in the box of a you know, in the box of achievements that I would always want to have done. And can you put a price on that? And don't get me wrong, I'm not for one minute undermining the prize money, you know, because it was fantastic and it has helped change mine and my family's life right and it you know and it has but i do agree with you in terms of that equal measure um doing it as well and and i suppose this is why joyce funny i was talking to to my wife you know last week she always asks for updates on things and i said oh and polls whatever else you know and she says oh when it gets to the end you know blah 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 and i said and i i honestly said i know this is incredibly incredibly cheesy right like money aside i would rather you win it than me because because of the feeling you would you would have for it, and this is your game, right? Like I play Sky, but Sky Sky is your game, and and I feel like that. Money aside, you know, just just you know, ignore all that. But in terms of what I would I would take, it's it's, it's hard for me as well because my whole buzz, like like I t- so much enjoyment in my life is down to this period now where the buzz of actually. It's going to be such an exciting finish. It's going to be like the best ever in terms of in terms of there's so many content creators and experienced players who are all in the mix, all have a nice out shout, and there are people who will be in the hundreds further back who will still have more transfers who you know who may get a bit of luck or get a break or we may have a thing or whatever else. So, can you like again? I'm you know I am I am aware that I'm constantly saying money doesn't matter and i'm not i'm not saying that obviously money money does matter but what's what's important to you you know is you know i can afford to live right so it's anything extra is what it is it's an extra would i take winning a whole fancy game and that whole but that elation that experience i had two years ago when i won dream team which for that month it was on absolute cloud nine for a million reasons i think i'd you know um again i it's it'd have to would i just take 20 grand and stop I don't think I don't think I would. I don't think I would. It's a great question because I used to absolutely like, when, I was, when I used to I used to be addicted to deal or no deal. I used to I used to love the game and I love I love the concept of the game. I think people that had a strategy didn't really have a strategy though. Like they, they said they had a strategy and because it's, it's got nothing to do with pulling the numbers and and because Noel Edmonds that like you can't attribute it to the game the the the, the goats in the car game because. In that game, no, uh, the 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 game show host knows where the car is, where Noel Edmonds doesn't um, know where the the quarter million is, or or that. So, so so there was no strategy, but I all I often 
cycled through my head that if these were the boxes, if I was in that position and these were the boxes left, what would it take for me to get? And it was like, often it was simple, like simple maths, like add up the values and then divide by the number of boxes left to give me the average. And therefore I'm getting fair odds. And I always looked for things and where I thought I was getting fair odds. Um, so, so, so maybe there was an element of that, but then I always thought, well, if you're in that position where you get the quarter million, what about the accolades that come with that? Maybe the dealer would have to offer me more than the average, like like an arm, like total yeah. like thing. But yeah, I was, and I often thought your attitude, your attitude rolled through into that as well. Like if you were like someone that you knew that the money meant so much that they purposely offer you less, less. You know that you, yeah, yeah. Look, doesn't matter what you say at this point of the game. Academic, I'm not. I'm moving on to the next round. Unless you're offering me a ridiculous sum of money, I love it. Forget yeah. it. Let's move on. And I was a student at the time with no money as well, and I'd still, and I, and and I, I have still played like. And that's a good point. I think I do think like time of life and and circumstances, right? Because it's very easy for me to say I turned down twenty grand, right? If I lost my job or whatever else, whatever else, I would absolutely, I'd be like that. Ah, give me, give me five now, right? But you know, just thinking ahead on it, kind of as you know as it is now um but yeah interesting interesting stuff and a, a really good question uh tom hartnell uh just wishing you the best of fortune uh, sorry both best fortunes of the running perhaps a question to help you both do you have any tips fergie for how to manage the pressure and decisions when you're in contention to win it all um like 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 in dream team well it was interesting because i used to phone paul on the weekend <laughs> sometimes i'd be like paul i'm having a meltdown blah, blah, blah. and uh your advice to me was keep doing what you're doing i think that's that's mega important because you used to always say that's how you've got got to where you are you know you know you may offer a, a bit of advice on a specific kind of player or two or a kind of a or b and things but um i think for me the big the massive massive thing i learned i learned from that experience um was there's this there's this thing of no regrets and uh <clears throat> it's not it's it's not no regrets in terms of just go for it for me it's no regrets of don't make a move that and and you talk about this a lot and i think we're very um similar to this what would make you feel worse what would make you feel worse and that and that for me drove my entire last three three months of that season is when i had to make a transfer it was like if i took this player out um and he scored two goals and completely blitz you know blitz my season against the upside of bringing in a kind of lower-owned player, but with higher potential upside, how would I feel on both of them? And it always came down to, I would feel worse if I ruined my season by making a rash move, if that makes sense. And uh, and and that has helped me massively, I think, in the last two years in, in Sky and, and Telegraph and Dream Team and you know and everything really in terms of don't don't do it like. Even even Haaland captaincy on Saturday. It's one of these ones where I talk a big game now about going for Kane, right? When it comes to it, if I don't go for Haaland and he bangs in a half trick, which he's perfectly capable of doing, how will I feel? It, I will feel dreadful, really dreadful. And with that in mind, I'll probably go for Haaland. <laughs> I honestly think like that. And that's why right right from my stall, like it, it, it takes a lot for me to change my mind yeah. over something. Yeah. Like I will think through things um, on from a risk adverse position, but now if that exactly thing, thing what you said there, is that that's why I will be captain Haaland right yeah. now, and 
I am very, very, very unlikely unless he gets injured or or, or something happens in between now and then, very, very unlikely not to captain him. And for that reason, I'd be more annoyed myself if I flipped it than I would be um, the jubilation of doing it. Like if this was the second last game, the second last game of the season, and I knew that I was chasing the person at the top, absolutely. But just now, I want to stabilize and and, and think of the next play. I got an Arsenal players early, and I think that's done me really, really well to to get get me up. Yeah, I had a little bit of setback today, but um, I'm just looking ahead. Like, where's the next play? And the next play for me isn't. I know it's not a gamble. Like Haaland's not been on great form, and and Spurs do have not a force at home. That, that like you can see the arguments elsewhere, but I think I'm going to pick my battles of going against. Why well, I still think he'll be he'll still be the highest or, or, uh, captain player, and and have a look further afield and and see what see what's next in that um, transition move, and see if I can get on early before others. Yeah, and I suppose the other thing just. To... Finish the answer on that from my view in terms in terms of what helps. It's just you know, and it's it's easy to say. I thought I thought you know I think I've learned to do it now pretty well. But just be mega comfortable with the decisions you make, regardless. Because I was never going for Salah captain today. Even if I had Salah, I would have captained Rashford. And and I truly hundred percent think that just because of the form of the players, the form of the teams, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So. I didn't go for Salah, but, you know, and at first it's like, oh, you know, when you see the rank drop, uh, just take a minute, contextualize it. I'm still 38th. I'm still in a very good position. People will have to, move, you know, will will have to use the transfer next week. I have the Bournemouth game to take out Salah. I don't have to do that. So it's this whole kind of bigger picture thing you just think, right? It's where, and exactly what you said, like jumping on Arsenal, what's the next move? And I think the people who tend to do really well at these games and, you know, and potentially eventually win it are the ones who who make the right decisions and, and trust the right, I'm sorry, I want to say right, don't make the rogue ones. You know, if you go for a rogue, you're going to hit what you, you know, you're going hit, to hit one every now and then, right? And you don't get lucky. But in terms of making the right decisions really, really consistently, they're the ones who will eventually give themselves a chance of winning. I, I do think winning the game is very much largely down to luck because there will be a group of five or six players who will all have, you know, very similar teams at the end and it could be a, a road captaincy eventually wins it but they won't have got to that position playing with road captains every week just as an example so just trust the process keep it cool and that helps I think with good fantasy performance but it also helps you in your own mind then think if you don't win I wouldn't have done anything differently and that and that to me is just a massive mental ease which, uh, which helps and this is why I'm not, I'm not that upset about um, Salah in in Sky, because you know, I do think a couple of years ago I'd have been like my luck and whatever else, but just what it is. Um, final question off Ian Parrin. Um, Paul, first, what would your current golden, handy, workable, tight transfer amounts be for the top 500 to win the game? Uh, I think so, yeah, I think that's what he means, yeah, or just yeah. I still, to, to win the game from there, I, I think you need like 25, personally. If you're 500th. Yeah. yeah. I think more. I think there's two, I think there's, I think there's, there's co- like concentration of points and, and positions to a certain degree. But even if you're like looking at the top 
10, I think it is now. Um, two six of the leaderboard. Um, the person that's top's got a twenty point gap. Then there's only a one point gap, but then there's a fifty point gap between third and fourth. Um, then there's like a ten point gap down to seventh where I am, and then from me down to outside the top ten, there's another like kind of fifteen points there. So there's large gaps, and I think to win the game, if it, if it's a case of you're in quite a few quite a few mini leagues I think that twenty like and and it's consolidation or finishing at least first or second and each of those like depending on the how large they are and the quality of player across the game might be twenty. But again if you're playing in some of these big ones like the the money ball one that's run by Mark Burgess or the kind of shot cue one um that that's run by Tim Barry. If you're if you're five hundredth overall you're probably going to need 22, 23 plus transfers, I think. Um, that's not to say that's definitely like you could hit, you could hit two or three differentials in a row if you if you play like that. But if you were playing, a, I'm going to captain the most obvious captain on most days who I think will get most points that, that everyone else will do, then it's, it's going to be difficult to make the ranks. And, and therefore, you're going to have to do it outside of that by running in the block right in and block or, or, or teams like that. Would be my yeah. That, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I just think that if you look at the names in the top one hundred and two hundred, you know they they're full of names of people who know how to play this game really well. They like they're not full of teams who have accidentally got there and blown all their transfers and now they start to fall away. There's so many players up there who now have optimal teams, good transfer counts, and if you look now at the amount, was there like fourteen? I think there's 14 fixtures left or 13 fixtures left for some teams. We're coming to that point of two thirds. It like it's crazy how quickly we've gone from being from way under half to two thirds, and, and April's going to be massive. And you know, um, with the congestion of fixtures now as well, I don't think there's massive opportunities to make massive gains outside of the obvious teams because the fixtures are so congested. You know, if you look at like people will be looking at. You know, we've mentioned like Man United and, and Brighton, this this upcoming Brentford run, potentially Villa and keeping Haaland and wherever else. You've got so many experienced managers who will know how to really comfortably nag- and navigate this this final period that to actually win from that that spot I think is is gonna be I think you know, I think you're gonna need probably thirty plus transfers. That's that's personally but I'm only looking at the names in the top one hundred. Um what's he's he has mentioned around handy workable and tight as well. So what's your kind of thoughts on the you know, what's the lowest you think that someone would need to have an, a kind of outside stab? Or 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 is that your lowest, sorry, your twenty five? Yeah, I mean I think it's I think there was a question a couple of weeks ago, last week or the week before, about how the April fixtures have been kind. And I was like, I, so so I don't agree, I don't disagree with that from a captaincy perspective or stuff. But like Arsenal's fixtures aren't aren't great, and there's good teams with good Sky Fantasy options with large volumes of fixtures post international break, and and the fact that Arsenal play on the Saturday makes it even better because you can move off them. I'm going to be using four or five transfers that week and still have an abundance of transfers left 
as is, I imagine a lot of people are where they are because they played the fixture volumes on on Arsenal. Like if and and I think it's safe to say that by just going at the at the ownership alone, like Saliba ninety six percent on Zinchenko sixty eight percent, Gabriel even thirty seven percent, Odegaard sixty five percent, Saka seventy seven percent, Martinelli twenty eight percent. I've not mentioned Ramsdale on top of that. I think Ben White will probably have some some ownership there as well. And that, that that's just an example of how I think that transfers can get dwindled really easily because four or five is going to be a good transition volume to, to get through that. And then you've got the new but the Newcastle players are hardly owned now. Something we're gonna to have to get trippier in. And we're talking about these seven for two and six for one and five for one options. Um Talk about Man City players coming off of Man City players. Um, you're going to want Man City players back. You're going to want Salah back. Um, he's got the two games after an Arsenal break. I think these the transfers are going to get swallowed up really, really quickly. And therefore, it's going to be really tight, I think, if you're on kind of 15 or less. Not to say it's unworkable, but I just... You've got no room yeah. for any luxury moves because they're all... You, you no, know, you, it, so they're ready to differentiate. So, exactly. so, when, so where does your differential come from from that as well? Things like getting yeah. on Raya, getting on Dunk, getting on wherever are just hygiene moves that you know the masses will be doing. So if you've only got 15 left, that's, that's basically where yeah, they're if going. You, right? If you're sitting in the high teens and you're in the, the top 100, then I think that that's, I think that that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really good question. Uh, sorry, Ian, thank you. And uh, he asks uh, Fergie, uh, where or what do you think is the best chance of you catching up with Paul? Uh, I do think I have a transfer or two on you and I've got Enzo as well which I'm assuming you will definitely want to bring in at some point so you know um, I'm certainly not going to try and catch ball if that makes sense by going different I think I think since overhaul we've we've had probably seven or eight players the same uh, you know kind of most of the way through and it's gone a bit back and forth uh, with different things but you know in terms of catching I like you know I suppose as I mentioned earlier I'm just gonna play my game and see it out and then if it gets to a point where I do have an outside chance with a week or two I suppose I'll just look at everything at that moment in time and, and maybe maybe go rogue but because I'm in the cash leagues and Paul isn't um you know say we do have a very outside chance of of winning or, or finishing really highly the cash leagues are very very profitable so I'm not just gonna try and uh do that and and you know and and cost myself a, a whole load of money unnecessarily. Um, and also, and do you know what would be even... Imagine this. Imagine this happen, Paul. I, al- I always think about this. Imagine we go into the final week and Haaland's obvious, right? And you're like, Haaland, 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 blah, 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 blah. And you're 10 points up on me. And you you double bluff me. And I say, I'm going, di- I'm going to have to go different. I'm going to go Kane, Right? And then you go Kane as well. And then Haaland scores the hat-trick. <laughs> so I've overthought it and done myself because you're, you're, do, you're doing a different thing. But then, I don't know about you, you know, per se. I want, about, I want about others as well. But not only have I cost myself a game by, doing, by not playing my own game, I've essentially done myself in for all the cash leagues and whatever else as well, haven't I? So I just think you can massively overthink these things. And, you know... I remember we were having questions months ago, weren't we, about, you know, where's the differential, where's the edge? I mean, just look at this fixture list in front of you. There's just so many different ways you can go and different players. And, uh, yeah, 
I'm not. I'm not. You know, we're not in any rush. Let's see what happens in a few months. You know, it, it could be that we're we're fighting for 150th place uh, after today, but you never know. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for all your questions. They were absolutely superb and uh, really good fun to answer as well. Um, so that is it for us for today. Oops, sorry. Just a quick update on the Four Nations League. Uh, have I updated these? I think I think I have. Um, Paul is top two three five seven seventh place uh, two three three five also Paul I think you're second team now fourteenth was that right Paul fourteenth yeah, yeah. Um, I'm two three oh eight um, Ian Parrin has made a massive uh, jump up my backside uh, today assuming holding Salah so he's only twenty seven points behind me now I d I did have a bit of a lead there but obviously Salah has has done the beers Dan on. 2241 has made a massive jump as well. And uh, Liam Dorian, I believe, transferred in Brennan Johnson today. Uh, I don't know if he had Salah as well, but uh, really, really good moves moves there. So well done, uh, guys. And the FH Members League, uh, Niall Murphy, uh, 2306. It looked like he didn't have Salah either. Like he's just behind me. Uh, I'm ninth, 2308. Darren Slater has flown up seven places with both teams, so it looked like he might have... Uh, We've done really, really well there. Darren. Darren is a top, top player, as we know. Uh, he's now 7th and 8th. It's 2312. Uh, Chris Parry, 2315. Dale Pointer, 2320. Mark Wisdish, last year's winner, I believe. 2325 is uh, flying up there as well. He went up four places. Uh, Billy Anderson, who's having a superb season, 2329. Uh, Barry Grimes, 2343. And Dave Baxter is still top, 2345. But this is what I mean about you, you know, and this and this and this and this is no, uh, you know, thing on anyone else. But I just look in that top ten. Mark Wisdish won this whole game last year. He knows how to play this game. He is very likely set up very optimally. Has got lots of transfers in hand. Darren Slater, superb player. Niall Murphy, absolutely fantastic player, as has met many others in there. So I know I know Barry Grimes as well. So he's. Uh... He's a good player as well. He, he's second on it just behind Dave Baxter, who, who also is a... They all are. They all are. This is the thing. And and this is why yeah. I mean it's, it's so hard for anyone outside who will be able to make a late run because between probably, you know, all of us and everyone else who's just behind us, lots of experienced managers, you're going to have to do very well to navigate through, through all. It would have to be differential. You'd have to go for like, you know, Southampton defence and hope they clean, keep a clean sheets on the trot or something. I'm just, I'm just not happy that after next Saturday, so that, that's my last bullet. That <laughs> I, I try to dodge that there'll be no mass high ownership player that I, I'm going to make. I'm mapping out over the next while yeah. of the players that I want as captain on every day and making sure that I have them, even if it's at the cost maybe of one fixture on either side or whatever. And that is it from us today. Uh, so thank you so much for those watching and listening. Your continued support is much much appreciated. And thank you, Paul. Uh, where can people find you? On Twitter at Paul McAnulty, once M C A N U L T Y. And my Twitter handle is at FFH underscore Fergie. Uh, if you like what you watched, please press the like button. We'd really, really appreciate it. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already in the bottom right corner of the screen. If you enjoyed your listen, please rate the podcast first. Drop us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave some comments. It would absolutely make our day. We'll be back, I think, next Monday, which will be the last one before the international break. Uh, looking ahead to Sky Game Week 33. Um, have a great Game Week 32 all, and goodbye for now.